1: Order in the court. Order in the court. You, the murdering killer who we haven't decided yet. Who do you have to defend you? Is it Satan? And Satan Dunn said, you're not going to believe this, your honor. But this guy is not claiming my help in the horrific murder of an adult and toddler. And the judge says, oh, well, that's new. So he's taking personal accountability. No, sir, he's not going to do that. And the killer said, why, it was God that told me to do these murders. So that means no matter what happens on Earth, I'm innocent. So goes the foundation of the show and the book it's based on. Under the banner of heaven, brutal, terrible, grisly murder of a woman and her child at her home. And Detective Pyre, played by... Uh, Pirey. Oh, Pyrie, Thank you. Is it a detective or is it an agent?
0: Yeah, he's a uh, detective, Jeb Pirey, who's a totally fictional character in the story.
1: Now, with us on this review, someone who always likes to get their hands on some juicy, scandalous American history, Elliot, is with us. Hello, hello. And unlike the show, we have a Latter-day Saint with us to talk about and get some knowledge about the episodes. Justin is with us
0: an actively practicing Latter-day Saint who has published a master's thesis on depictions of Latter-day Saints in television.
1: Wonderful. So, synopsis-wise, Detective Pyre needs to find out who murdered this woman and her daughter. Uh, in doing so, the investigation takes a hard turn outwards towards the uh, famous Lafferty family, who is, I guess they were saying, Mormon famous, and inward to his own faith about some things he didn't realize about uh, the history of, of um the Latter-day Saints or the Mormons in his church and together with partner and all around just fantastic character actor Gil Birmingham as Bill yes. Taba together they'll use their police skills their interrogation techniques and their all around awesome buddy cop chemistry to solve this horrible crime Let's uh, let's just start talking about the performances and ease into some of the more shakier points. What did you all think of the performances of this huge ensemble?
2: Well, I mean, this is kind of a grab bag of just really great actors, uh, today. and Sam Worthington. And... <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I was going to say, I think this this um, redeems Sam Worthington at least for me. Yeah, um, yeah, I I think he's really. He hasn't been in a lot of stuff since Avatar. I don't know if that's because he's just been filming Avatar or yeah. his career kind of waned because he wasn't very good in Avatar. But he's, it, it seems like he's taken acting lessons or really sort of mm-hmm. doubled down on actually trying to be an actor. And it really shows here. I think he's doing a really good job. Yeah, he... uh, and he's up against people like um, uh, Wyatt Russell. Who is a really, really fantastic actor who's been in quite a lot of stuff? Uh, Daisy Edgar Jones uh, is Brenda Laverty, the um, the victim, uh, murdered woman. This is yes. not a spoiler. It's you know this from the beginning. The Rory, uh, Rory Culkin, yeah, the, the yeah. other other uh, Culkin brother, is in, is in a small uh, Culkin role, brother was
1: is. in Signs, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, that's uh, him. But not oh. the Culkin brother from Succession, correct? Nope. Okay. Yeah.
2: No, Kieran Culkin is still my favorite Culkin. Yeah. Same. Uh, <laughs> Rory Culkin is, is really doing some good work here. Yeah. Um, and of course, of course, Andrew Garfield is in this. Just bringing it. Oh, doing yeah. Great
0: yeah, job. having a year. If, if there's any um, one person who's the best performance in this, it's definitely Andrew Garfield. Yeah, he, I agree with that. He has that. a lot to carry on his shoulders, both in terms of his own character arc, but also a lot of thematic points surrounding his character. And honestly, regardless of the actual topics itself... He does feel like actual people I knew in Utah when I went there for college. Like he, I, if he was played more accurately, like real people in Utah, I, I wouldn't think twice. I would just be like, yeah, that—that's totally a guy I would have met. You know.
1: We're looking for a list of people who wrote this list, and where do you think they're headed next? And this person he's questioning, and they need this information. Lives are on the line. Would be like, you can ask me that after you know what happened in eight. 1976 and i i laugh every time it would segue into the historical moments like what is this guy talking about who wrote the list we needed tom cruise from a few good men you know doing the code red speech to get information here and instead we get these very not bizarre but they seemed random to me history lessons what did you both think on the way that was presented and were at the end of the show were they even necessary
2: um, so I think I can actually help answer that. I actually read this book, uh, a while ago back in middle school when I was in my edgy atheist phase. Um, there you go, but it was a really good book. Uh, I can sure. still remember quite a lot of it. And crack. Uh, was a good writer. writer. So yeah. he's a really good writer. Um, and it, yeah, it's a really well written book. I, I will, I'm going to kind of spoil my end of the review, which is that read the book instead of watching this. Um, <laughs> but, um, the book, I mean, the book is purely nonfiction. Um, Pyrie and his partner are not real characters. I assume they're just amalgamations of the many FBI, probably like
1: police. yeah, yeah. departments well, of people.
0: A little inside baseball that Garfield's character is based on a person who was actually interviewed that I know because he's a family member of a friend of a friend that you know in Utah, and he more or less pretty much adapted that guy's experience with the case when researching this role.
2: Okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, the book is just so it's such a nonfiction book. The book also tells Mormon history, but it's not it's not woven in. I think it's like every other chapter is about uh, the history of the Mormon church. And um, in this, they really have to work it in by having characters reference it and then kind of flashing back to it dramatically or or just flashing back to it dramatically in order to create this sort of parallel to what's going on in the story um and it really gets clunky it's uh, very clunky uh, i agree uh, with that because just because of what it's trying to do oh yeah Um, one of the most
0: egregious scenes was where they're in episode three when they're surrounding i think alan lafferty no no sorry um robin lafferty in the cabin and they're like oh don't you see they're seeing it from the perspective of the hans mill massacre that happened in 1830 something it's like nobody made that connection but you (laughs) jeb nobody was making that thought until you brought it up (laughs) yeah clunky like, I don't Henry. even think
1: Sherlock in a Guy Pierce movie would make that connection. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, because
1: okay. uh, if you guys know the story, I've read this book also. It's very uh, matter-of-factly. But yes, the uh, Hans Mill Massacre, uh, look into that. It is horrifying.
2: Well, well, now you're... I mean, so you kind of brought up a good point is, is that, yeah, that's, that's an interesting element in this show that is really kind of clunkily trying to tell this real story. And it makes me think that maybe this would have been Better uh, done in the style of the master, you know, where the allegory to Scientology in that case is really clear. Um, you know, do something that, that isn't isn't trying to tell the real story, but but is is separate from that. Or really, what they should have just done is made a documentary. Oh uh, yeah, there yeah. Is a, um, there is actually a really good PBS uh, American Experience two parter on the history of the Mormon Church. So if you're looking for just that history, Uh,
0: if that's what I'm thinking of, I would dispute the authenticity of that one. So I I I, I watched that one too, but
1: on PBS.
0: Yeah, it's it's paid for. It's
1: paid for by all three of us, viewers like us.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But Mormons didn't make it. So, but 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 that's the thing. I agree with that sentiment that a documentary would be a better way to approach this because this is a serious story about a really grisly, awful murder by. Honestly, let's just say it, done by complete psychopaths who were absolutely insane. The problem is, if they adapted the story as it actually happened, it wouldn't be under the banner of heaven. And that's kind of the central flaw of this show, is that by adhering so strictly to Krakauer's thesis about essentially saying that fanatical religion, or of any kind, or religion in general, breeds violence. That's a big central talking point that he talks about, that the show unequivocally and unironically quotes, more or less saying, our religion breeds violent men. And that's kind of the central issue here where they didn't want to tell the story about Brenda and the murders strictly because then they couldn't talk about all the other stuff that was tangential to it, or they couldn't tell it in a way that wasn't critical to the religion itself. And that's the problem is that so much of those awkward sequences with the flashbacks with the scenes of Pyrie discovering stuff about his faith, and the things with the leaders of the church, who were all portrayed like Handmaid's Tale level villains in some capacity. <laughs> uh, well,
1: I'm glad you said that. And
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's done so didactically and so, like you said, in that way where it's like we want you to believe every word that we're telling you about this history, but also keep in mind this is a work of fiction, so you can't criticize anything if we say as defamatory. And it's that. That that conflict of interest of telling the real story, but also making it a, honestly, I'm just going to say it, a hit piece on Latter-day Saints, is just really disappointing. Because I want, you know, I actually did learn some new things that I looked up and studied. And just a cursory look on Wikipedia or reading actual books disputes quite a few of the central facts, if not the majority of them, presented in their discussion of church doctrine. And... It's a shame because the actual murder case is kind of buried underneath all of this segueing and random discussions about random things, honestly.
1: Now, my favorite part of the epiphany of, oh, no, this is a hit piece is when a, um, I believe they called him a general authority, like uh, an, an old frumpy man who talked kind of oh, like uh, this. the
0: emperor who showed up at one
1: point? Yeah. Yes. So, so the angel from Black Mass walks in and is like, <laughs> I'll ruin your marriage if you don't listen to me. And I'm thinking, <sighs> I don't think anyone talks like this, let alone.
0: <laughs> okay, so just to not get into too subjective of stuff, the biggest fault in the show, because I'm going to say this, as a true crime show, it's not terribly produced. It's shot well. It's got some decent music that's overly ominous and way too over the top. But it's got all good qualities. But it's the dialogue that's one of the biggest detriments to the show. Because I think I read an article in The Atlantic that talked about this show. And the way the guy described it is as if it was written in a foreign language and then put into a creepy Mormon version of Google Translate. Because all the dialogue is so clunky and on the nose and stilted from the mormon characters it's just again having met general authorities and bishops and state presidents and all these terms that they never bother to give explanations for for anyone who doesn't know what they are sure it's just so awkward throughout this show. <laughs> well like I, I gotta ask elliot your your experience do any of these terms make sense to you outside of anything else like if, they, if you were just thrown a bunch of these terms that they say randomly like this yeah, um, yeah,
2: not really. And they don't do a great job of explaining it here. Um, which is, again, it's like, just make this a fucking documentary where you can easily just define it. Um, you said something about this being, um, yeah, you know, kind of inauthentic. And it's, it's like the show oftentimes feels melodramatic and kind of over the top, especially in the final episode. And there's the swelling music, and the camera is either lingering or swirling, and then there's golden light, and, and it's, you know, and characters are having meaningful heart-to-heart conversations with really kind of bad, clunky dialogue. And it does kind of undercut the story of what's going on here that that oftentimes does feel like it's fraying at the edges. Um, but there are times where I think they do do a real good job. And there's some early scenes, I think, at the Lafferty house, you know, regardless of whether... Well, the, the veracity of these scenes in real life, um, they're acted well, and the, and their um, the show tells them well, and it's it's grounded in reality, which is what a show like this should be as a as a true crime. Sure, yeah, absolutely. That's
0: actually talking about the setup for the murder and the stuff revolving around the case when it's not trying to make a point is actually fairly good. Like even I'll say this that one thing I feel like was criminally underexplored was the relationship between pyrie and Detective Taba because i actually think both of them when they're just given a chance to talk to each other as people are likable characters and they could have been more likable characters if they didn't have to make them representatives of topics rather than actual people
1: they were great together
0: yeah i really liked uh, bill gill birmingham i think he's a good actor
1: absolutely
2: He's fantastic. I mean, he's he's one of those guys that pops up on a lot of stuff, but he's – yeah, he's absolutely fantastic in this show. Yeah,
0: which um, I really Nightly. like the way that they've been highlighting more Native American actors in television, with like this, Reservation Dogs, um, that new show uh, AMC is coming out with soon, Dark Winds. Like, yeah, I'm really excited about that, which – is a shame then that this show has to also try to make it seem like, Hey, did you know that Mormons are racist and sexist? Here, let's make this native <laughs> American character, the butt of the jokes about Mormons, not understanding how native Americans are like, <laughs> I'm just like, mm-hmm.
2: that's another victim of the show condensing stuff. Cause he, he has uh Gil Birmingham's character has to be both the, the minority in that he's a, a native American and also the, um, the outside man as in he's not Mormon.
0: I, I want to say one thing though, too, and I'm curious your thoughts on this, Elliot, uh, in terms of something that's not related to church history, the thing that probably could have helped this show a lot, too, is if Jeb, the main character, was a bit more of a critical thinker about the things that he's being told. Because I think, on the whole, he's presented as a decent character to start off, but the fact that he unequivocally accepts everything these people tell him and never once think like even if he came to the same conclusions, I'm not against that type of story when he comes to that conclusion that he does in the show— but if he at least challenged it or asked about it in a way that wasn't being manipulated by the story, I feel like his character would have been fleshed out better to help balance out the negativity of the story. But as it is, he's kind of a pushover throughout the story, and I didn't really yeah. appreciate that in terms of just writing kind of thing.
2: Yeah, it's it's, and that's just – I think that's the fault of him being this amalgamated character that's just there to get us from A to B to C to D. Yeah. You know, he's <laughs> so, there to be – he is there to be all of the cops in the book that yeah. are taking you through the story. Yeah, I mean, even if he is sort of based on that one cop that you were talking about, he's he, his his function is is just to be this yeah Virgil to our Dante.
0: Yep. No, that's that's just interesting. And again, it's not Andrew Garfield's fault. He's performing the part as written really well. I just feel yeah, like they've
2: really tried to make him a real character too with the story with his wife, and it just it, it doesn't it just doesn't work. Whoa! No,
1: well, it all. takes it's such a good. hard yeah. left turn out of nowhere. It seemed like a hard left turn to me.
0: Yeah, the show couldn't quite make up its mind how to write the wife character. Is that how is, know, is cool.
1: that how this guy thinks couples talk to each other? <laughs>
0: I know couples who have had disputes over things with faith like that. Sure. But the problem is usually that's a gradual and convincing reason why they would have those kind of like harsh reactions. And here, like you said, it does feel like, a oh, now I want to divorce you. It's like, yeah, wait, we we just
1: got through a whole episode how Mormons aren't allowed to divorce unless someone in a suit tells them it's allowed. Like, which is it? Not true. Well, of course that's not true. That's absurd. <laughs>
0: that's, that is. I was like, bullshiz to that I mean, that said that. <laughs> I don't know if that
1: note was protecting the divorce courts, because a divorce is so expensive. Sorry, so, no, I
0: know. Again, I, I wanted to talk about some <laughs> objective stuff, because again, it's not a badly produced show. Any thoughts I have mostly comes to the more subjective elements, but if I look at it as just a true crime show... It's a perfectly passable crime show. Its its biggest sin, other than the writing, is just that it's too long. Every episode drags for an eternity. Like, I, I had to watch this over several days, even when I was binging it, because I'm just like, I need a break. This show is just draining me. It's <laughs> yeah, exhausting same. to watch it, because it's so languidly paced.
1: It right? spins its wheels, for sure. Let's stop spinning our wheels.
0: <laughs>
1: I know. And, and go into the, our final thoughts here. Elliot, good sir, would you lead us, please?
0: Yeah,
2: this is yeah this is a pretty flawed adaptation of what's a pretty good book. Uh, it's a pretty dense book, so I it's they had to condense it even into this kind of long TV show. I think it really this adaptation kind of says a lot more about Dunce, Dustin Lance Black than it does about the actual story. Um, which I, I I kind of would have liked to see this as a as a movie out of sort of uh, morbid curiosity because that would have forced them even more to sort of condensed stuff meaning that that you know the stuff that you pick out uh when you're doing an adaptation is going to say a lot about you especially in a story like this where it is so dense and there's a lot of different threads and avenues that you can go down and and sort of be passionate about uh and that's why this both feels yeah it's it's stretched over long it's um there's a, but, but there's also a lot of stuff that's brought up abruptly and clunkily to get you to where you need to go. it's. I, I thought it was weird when they said they were going to do a dramatic adaptation of this book, because it just, non-fiction adaptations are notoriously hard, and they're usually done as movies. Uh, yeah, like, say, Nomadland. That was a non-fiction adaptation. N- no, well, actually, I actually hated that movie, but... Oh, okay, uh, well, well just, there it right. is. Okay, <laughs> yeah, uh, not for that reason. Um, but, you know, like, um, uh, The Social Network is probably the best example of that. Okay. Oh, there, there you I mean, go. It's actually a heavily fictionalized version of that story, sure. but the adaptation works is what yeah, i'm saying yeah there we go yeah there's a lot of really good actors here um the executive producers are really great uh jason Bateman, gillian berry dustin lance black of course but also uh brian grazer and ron howard what an eclectic group so of producers names behind this <laughs> yeah. um i mean this has been a really a famous book for quite a long time i think they've been trying to adapt it for a while uh i think the fault really lies with dustin lance black I think there is a you can successfully dramatize this story but um he wasn't the person to do it. I would say I would I would say read the book and then, you know, do a lot of research. Uh I would still recommend those uh, the PBS documentaries about the Mormon Church, but again, you know, do some more research. There's 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 a lot of a lot of information about the the Mormon Church out there. Good and bad. So I, you know, I, yeah. This is this is just skippable. There's a lot. I'm, you know, I'm sure there's also podcasts on these stories, both this murder and the history. So, yeah, seek it, seek it somewhere else. Maybe maybe there's a clips reel of like the best performances, uh, especially <laughs> uh, uh, Gil Birmingham, who really is doing a great job here. Um, but yeah, not not a lot to sink your teeth into. I'm going to give this. Six and a half out of ten uh, parking lot spankings. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, Justin. Oh.
0: Wow. <laughs> There's so many scenes like that that are just weird. Like, uh, Also, the fact that the show, for as deadly serious and dour and gloomy as it is, is unintentionally funny with some of the clunky lines of dialogue. Like, oh my gosh, the poor mother character who's written with dementia just so she can say creepy weird lines like, oh, if the Jews don't get baptized, they're going to the celestial Kingdom with Adolf Hitler. I'm just like, nobody understands what that means. Nobody believes that stuff. What the frick was that? <laughs> <You know? laughs> but there's lots of lines like that throughout this show. It's 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 cringy. It's weird. And again, look, I know listeners at home, this may just seem like me being a defensive Mormon. And to some extent, I can accept a little bit of that, because this is personal to me. This is kind of a big deal. But I came in here open-minded. You know, when they asked me to be on this review, I'm like, okay, I don't know a lot about this book other than I, I'm aware of it. Uh, so I was just like, okay, sure, I'll, I'll come with open mind. I'll look into it. I'll see what I feel. And it didn't take me very long to know exactly where it was going with its narrative. Because, again, having studied this in college, this covers all the same tropes that every story about Mormons in the mainstream media goes through. And it just doesn't do anything really new with it. And it's just the fact that again, like you said, Elliot, it's just the fact that it feels so personal is actually what makes this a little bit more repellent. That Dustin Lance Black let his feelings get the better of him, despite how much he says he extensively researched it by consulting exclusively anti-Mormon scholars from my and again, I'm saying this as a guy who has studied this stuff, because I don't want to come in uninformed. Dustin Lance Black, I learned a lot from this show but because I went and I did my homework, I studied this stuff, I have looked into this stuff after the things that you said in here, and I actually have come out wiser because of it, but not for the reasons he hoped I would, I'm assuming. So it's just it's just one of those things where it's disappointing to see that this is just yet another hit piece. And it's disguised as a prestige television show, like a prestige true crime drama, when it's just so transparent. And it's not unseen or unfelt by people who are not Latter-day Saints, because despite them trying to dissuade otherwise, my wife and I have talked to a lot of people who are Catholics or Muslims or any form of other kind of religions. The majority of them don't really care about this show either, because they just feel it's aggressive and boring for the most part. So I don't know who Dustin Lance Black thought the audience was for this show. If you want things made by active Latter-day Saints that at least attempt to be honest about the topics they're presenting, there's a great documentary series called Murder Among the Mormons that came out on Netflix last year. And that one is made by an actor, Latter-day Saint, Jared Hess, who did point Dynamite. But it at least attempts to address all the conspiracy theories, all the stuff about the case, and then tell you the actual facts of what they found out as to how it came up to the way it did. But yeah, this is going to be for me four out of ten... Very, very, very strange prayer scenes. (laughs) (laughs) That part when freaking Wyatt Russell is praying like a fanatical Christian evangelical thing. I'm just like, okay, yeah, you've lost me, show. I don't know what you're trying to do anymore.
1: (laughs) You know, he's had a banger year. Well, I really enjoyed Garfield in this. I always enjoy Garfield. Early on, I loved the depiction of him as a father, a husband, and a detective, just an all-around great guy who's looking for the truth and when he became a spectator in his own story pretty weak and awkward writing there a lot of the hit piece stuff it's definitely a hit piece and that made me very uncomfortable yeah, like with, I brought up Midnight Mass earlier, when Satan walks into a church in Midnight Mass and the preacher goes, that's the guy, we're worshiping, worshiping that guy, everybody, and everyone nods in approval, I'm like, come on, that's <laughs> that's absurd, and I don't mean to trash Midnight Mass, because I know a lot of people love that as well.
0: Oh, that, that last, the last few episodes of the week is part of that show, so.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. good, so we're, we're sabbatical on that, all right.
0: I'm on team Brad for that. One. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I really
1: liked the relationship with him and his mom. If you're looking for a show, a movie about faith that doesn't seem to want to offend everybody that has faith, I'd recommend life a pie. If you're looking for a really nail biting thriller where a freaking Andrew Garfield gets to be a hero detective in a dark gritty, uh, just outstanding tale look at look up the red riding trilogy beautiful if you're looking for a story about a man who kills in the name of god with the type of conviction that it chills you to the bone frightening story watch frailty with this i'd say if you have a interest in in some great performances from Garfield and crew. And if you actually want to see that Sam Worthington has talent, maybe dabble. And if you, if it's given you the icky feelings because of how strangely aggressive it is towards hating. Well, it seems like all religion to me in a lot of parts, then maybe pass on this. I'm going to give it six out of 10. Uh, strange razor blade weapons that you got from the Safeway but insist to your buddies God gave them to you? Did anybody understand that?
0: Oh, there's a lot of stuff I've like in this show that makes no sense even to active Latter-day Saints. It's, it's like, hey, if I throw these random phrases like the Dream Mine and the Court of the Prophets and the School of the Prophets and this kind of thing and this kind of thing, it's like, yeah, show sure, you've lost me already now. I'm the, I, I I'm the I'm part of the flock. I'm part of the choir here and yet <laughs> I don't know what you're trying to say
1: anymore. I'm going to end this really quickly on singing to my choir. I've also read this book, Yay
2: Brad.
1: <laughs>
0: there we go. <laughs>